Good day, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of The Mental Takedown. This time, Bucknell's 165-pounder, and quite frankly, this 20th episode is coming at you with a bang. It is certainly right up there with some of my other all-time personal favorites. Zach is the most well-spoken human being that I've had on the show, and uh, that's the whole goal with the show, is to humanize these characters that we watch on TV that we think as you some don't have sort of the Herculean god or something. Uh, he really was a joy to talk to, and I'll catch you on the other side. Oh, Alright, nice. Alright, joining us now is the poster child of Bucknell Wrestling, Bucknell's 165-pounder, Mr. Zach Hartman, whose hair is looking absolutely immaculate. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you? Good, good, good. What's been going on with you? You know, I, I, I like to think that I pick my guests deliberately, but, you know, upon second thought, I think subconsciously, I'm just jealous of everyone's hair. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well right now. Like, I just got uh, I just got research on the way for this week, and that's what I'm plan- like planning on doing for the rest of the summer. And, yeah, I mean, classes got out just a little bit ago, just like last week, finals week was over, and so kind of rolling back into the academic field about that but in terms of wrestling wise yeah I'm just still going on the same path I've been on very good path indeed so are we doing are we doing the obligatory camps across the country <laughs> I mean I, I'm doing a lot of Kind of, kind of not looking at it like a selfish way but because obviously I'm trying to like influence people that are like around me and so, I mean, this summer, I'm just more likely than most just trying to stick to trying to become like Bucknell's first national champion. And so I'm going to do everything I can not like in that kind of light, just to like maximize my potential and to optimize on opportunities and just be able to do the best that I can and give it the best shot I got. Now, you always been and you know when I say that I'm not going to do something get ready for me to do it for a minute straight um not to pander but you are one of the most I guess well-spoken guys that I've come across while doing all my pre-show prep where does that kind of come from and have you how have you dealt with media and whatnot and lunatics like me for career? I mean, I, I get a lot of it from my from my dad because he's a he's more in the business side of things. And so he always taught me just at a very young age how to properly articulate myself. And from the mindset perspective, it's like my mom really helped ingrain that into me. And so just with the like just with the mix of those two, like I was able to just kind of carry myself in the right way, like be able to like show my character whenever it means, like whenever it matters most, like whenever it comes to like after a certain loss or maybe an upset of some kind, it's very easy to let yourself kind of get frustrated and to lose your temper at times. But I mean, I I feel like they did a really good job at kind of instilling that into me and to basically not bottle that up, but the kind of just like release that in a like professional manner like I'm not gonna like 
go out there and like lose my head if I lose a match. But then at the same time, I'm not going to go out there. And if I win a match, like, for example, like against schedule this year in the EIWA finals, like I wasn't going to act like I wasn't there before. You know what I mean? Like I was always taught to lose the same way that you would win. And so just having that sort of like leveling mindset really helps out. Not, I, I mean, I have to give all credit to those two for that. So in layman's terms, we're not getting a backflip out of you anytime soon, no? <laughs> I mean, uh, I you wouldn't get a backflip out of me. I'm like, I mean, first and foremost, I probably couldn't even do a backflip right now. Like, I'm not, I'm no Gable Stevenson with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're not gonna get me like throwing my headgear just the same way that you're not gonna get me like flaunting to the crowd and like stepping over someone. I just think that's really unprofessional, and that's just not what people enjoy well uh, we'll go over i'm my signature technique is asking all my questions entirely out of order and i don't realize that <laughs> until like halfway through but we'll go over kind of this like crazy shortened whatever season now here's instead of like asking you how it felt because i know you've asked that you've been asked that like every wrestler's been asked that a gazillion times now I'm wondering, because how many fans do y'all have? Do y'all have any fans at all the, during the dual season and whatnot? We weren't we weren't allowed to have any fans, except for, like, I know the one uh, tri-meet that we had down in WVU, like, there's a little bit of fans there. But in terms of, like, a home schedule, we weren't allowed any fans. But that doesn't mean that, like, I didn't have the fans watching me. Like, we had – like all the all the matches were online they were like recorded and uh i mean it, it's nice to know that they were still watching it was just kind of tough not being able, like being able to visualize that so the million dollar question is what are y'all doing like there's so much like because you wrestle one match and the whole duel is like two and a half hours long like what do y'all what are, like similarly to how i wonder what like baseball players are doing when they're just like in the dugout what are y'all doing when nothing's really happening because now there's no one you look around and there's wisps of silence yeah i mean the one of the one of the points i was gonna kind of touch on just with this podcast was i i like to look at it like i try to control the controllables and leave the uncontrollables untouched because that's it's not an effect like an efficient way to kind of get yourself in the right mindset to wrestle and so whenever I'm sitting there and there's not much going on around me and there's no fans in the crowd it's kind of a lot of just internal talk like inside of my head trying to make sure that I got everything right that I can control and the things that I can't control like I can't control what the other dude's doing so I'm not focused on that I can't control if I'm going to win the match. I'm not focused on that. Like, I, I'm just more so trying to get everything that I can control in line. So that way I go into the match and I'm able to just execute the way that I planned on. And the results, like the results may differ between that, but it's the process that I'm more focused on. Like, I'm not trying to go into a match and just hold on just to win. Like, I, I want to go into that match and be able to execute for the best that I can. And it, at the end of the match, if I end up losing that match, I lose that match. Like, it's not like I'm going to beat myself up for that. But I don't want to go into a match and have the mindset of I want to 
hold on so I can win and like only win three two. Like those those matches are the ones I remember the most because those are the matches that kind of eat at me because I didn't optimize on that. Like I didn't fully execute my plan. I didn't fully let myself like fly in that match. And so I'm just really trying to control like my attitude and my posture, like just make sure I'm going into that match fully prepared as to what I can prepare for. So are you doing a lot of like, do you internally like talk to yourself out loud and stuff like this? I mean, it, it's something that I started learning a little bit. Like, I, I learned it a lot from my one coach. He, he's not technically a coach, but I like to call him a coach because of how much influential power he had with me. And his name's Coach uh, Dustin Minotti. And uh, he taught me to sort of talk to myself as if I was, like, my own best friend. Like, the way I like to really talk about this is, like, if my best friend went out there in like the state finals and he lost the match, it's how am I going to talk to him? And nine times out of 10, I'm not going to say, Oh, you suck. Like you stink. Or I'm not going to beat him down because that's basically bullying in my opinion, but I'm more so going to try to uplift him. I'm trying to get him back on the right path. And like, listen, man, like you got, you got this next year. We just need to put in a little bit of work. And he taught me that, that way of talking to your best friend, why would I be any different than talking to yourself? And so I, I started taking that approach. Like most kids, when they lose a big time match like that, like it's it's a lot of self-bashing. It's a lot of like bagging on yourself and really, really like putting the weight on your shoulders and like, it's all your fault, but it's being able to talk to yourself in that positive manner that just, makes it better like that's when I started developing that was whenever he taught like whenever he taught me that I was able to kind of talk to myself a little bit more and like being able to talk to myself like that like internally especially like in matches where the in-match adjustments are crucial that really I felt propelled me to just constantly attack and yeah, that's that's really where I started developing that. And that's like every single match you saw me this year, I was in my head talking to myself. Like I it was kind of like having a co-captain next to me and like readjusting the plane when you're flying. It's like it, it's the communication I have with myself that I'm like, okay, he's his left leg's kind of leaning a little bit. He's a little bit heavy on that. So maybe attack on that next time. And it it, it feels a lot more productive that way so culturally is that something that you have kind of brought and implemented to the team per se yeah like I I take the guys out like especially during the summer this is where we make the biggest gains like I'm able to kind of relax a little bit from that like being in the trenches as my coach likes to say like I'm able to relax with that and able to kind of expand on my mindset a lot. And so like over the course of the summer, my mindset is going to be completely different than it is now. And that's not in a like negative way. That's in a positive way. Like I'm able to spend a little bit more time trying to like tweak little screws that I have to make it a little bit more sound. And it, it, it it's just progression at the end of the day. And I, I absolutely try spreading that throughout the team. So are you willing to try things? Are you willing to like take, I don't, 
taking more risk is not the term, but we're not going to spend time waiting for my brain to find the right term. <laughs> like taking more risk during the off season than you would when you're in the trenches. I mean, it, it's kind of, I, I don't know if risk would be the right word, just like you said, but it's like, I allow myself to kind of venture outside of my comfort zone a little bit, like a little bit more than I would in the, like the legitimate season. Like I, like whenever it comes to season, I find myself getting into kind of like a typical routine. Like I'll, I'll like eat the same things every day that I find makes my body, like I'm doing a lot more fine tuning and it's always like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And so I find whatever works best for me and I kind of zone in on that and stick with that throughout the entire season. But whenever it comes to the off season, like what, especially during the summer, I'm much more expansive and kind of trying per se with different things. Like I wanna, it, it boils down to just as small as like trying different foods that I never tried before. Like I, I used to be this one kid I always joke about it with like my friends and family and everything like that. Like I used to be the kid that would show up to Thanksgiving dinner and ask for a peanut butter sandwich. Like that, that was me. Like that, that's kind of, it's kind of like weird to say now, but it's like, now it's a thing where like, if I never tried a food before, I make it a thing to try it before I make any sort of like interpretation or opinion about it. And yeah, I mean, in the summer, I definitely expand a lot more than I do in the, during the season, just because that time crunch between like October and March, where you really have to start fine tuning things, it's, that's where you really need to start focusing on like, okay, what makes me feel the best? How do I react to this? And really getting your body on like a rhythmic cycle. So that way you're able to like, like, effectively prepare yourself for a tournament like nationals and it's yeah it's a lot of fine-tuning like the one analogy I use for that is like over the summer it's kind of like I, I like to look at it as like forging a sword like like in the summertime that's where I do the legitimate forging like I make the sword as big as possible and like shape it how I want but whenever it comes to season, it's like, I don't have time to forge more on that sword. The only thing I can do is find, like sharpen it and really polish it up. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna go outside of what's been working for the time. And so I just zone in on those couple things and it's gonna vary, but yeah, that's typically like the rhythm that I have. Why am I still here? You can run this whole <laughs> thing yourself. YouTube. I mean, dude, I, I I love talking a lot about this kind of stuff. Like, I can – I take my teammates down to the river, like, and literally just talk. Like, I, I just – I like, it, it's not even – it doesn't have to be, like, a, even a team sense. Like, I can I can literally just – like, I went on a run with uh, a couple football players. I think it was fall this year. And never, never saw him a day in my life before. Like I knew of him, like from Instagram, but it was just like I went on a run with him and like talked for hours about this kind of stuff. Like they were just picking my brain about it. Yeah, that yeah, that moment where you're like doing something and you're like, oh shoot, where'd the sun go? And then you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I can I can just talk about this stuff for hours, honestly.
Like that's why that's why I had no hesitation when you asked me about this. Like I was like, of course I'm gonna talk about this. Like exactly. this and this stuff means way too much to me for me not to. That's the kind of stuff that's more interesting to talk about, right? Because I feel like every single interview that y'all do, like they stick a microphone in your face and be like, So so how'd you feel after that match? And y'all are so pre-programmed. Like y'all already know the answers, right? Y'all fire yeah. Like, yeah, and and it's a lot of like I feel like a lot of post-match interviews are like how do you want to portray yourself to the public? Like like how how do you feel about this match may not be like your answer may not be actually true to what you felt about that match, it's about that image that you want to give off. And like I just I mean I don't I don't mind those interviews, like it's kind of whatever, but it's like actually taking the time to sit down to like understand like someone's mindset that really helps out like that really shows you like what their character is and like who they're made of and like everything like that exactly exactly and that that's why i do these kinds of interviews anyway i told you we go everywhere um <laughs> so i guess it's kind of funny that when you your national tournament when you, when Makai pulled out, and a lot of people think that, that that's like free match and you know, you're know you 20% of the way there without having to step anywhere. But I guess psychologically, what does that do to one's brain? Like, does that scramble your brain for a minute? Well, first and foremost, when Makai pulled out, one of the first things I did was probably send him a DM and I, I can actually here let me see if i can find the dm because i wanted to let him know like I, i'm i'm a man about like trusting the process and i 100 percent value the process over top of the result like just just for example the matches that i that like the matches that eat me most are the matches that i had to hold on to win and I kind of like let myself shut down as opposed to the matches I lost because I was just going full out. Like I would like, I guess against like a Navy kid per se, not, not, not schedule specifically, but just any Navy kid. Like I wrestled Quentin Hovis my freshman year two times. And that was, that was a pain in my neck, but I found those matches. I was always like getting a point up and then just trying to hold on because that was what I needed to do to win. And that match aided me so much more than let's say the Shane Griffith match I had in the semis because it was like, I went out there, I gave it my all and like, I, I didn't, I didn't hold back anything with that match. And so that match totally, that that's, that match is in the past. That doesn't need to me. Like I learned from it, but it wasn't sitting just like that match with like, let's say Quentin Hovis was. And so whenever Makai pulled out, it was like, I knew I was the underdog because he was a returning national champion. Like that's a, that's a given, but I was really, I, I wasn't frustrated because I wasn't in my control, but I was just like, damn, like I, I wanted to wrestle him so bad. Like I, I DM'd him and I was like, dude, listen, like I a hundred percent respect you. Like, I don't want you thinking that like I, I think I have a step over you because it's that we didn't get that match. Like I, I tell, I tell my teammates all the time, like I, I flipped out whenever I came back from that, like, 
I, I was talking to my uh, teammate that was a Nationals with me, Darren Miller, and I was uh, I was like, dude, I honestly wouldn't have cared if I got like blown out in that match. I just wanted to be able to put my hands on that kid, like be able to wrestle and be able to feel like what it is like to wrestle a national champ. Like it, it's like that, that like learning, like the value that I could have gained from that, like the learning aspect of it. I could have gained that so much and that could have propelled me so far, whether that meant I lost or not. But I mean, we'll never get to know because he did like he did pull out like his shoulder was mad screwed up and I, like I hope he gets better with that. But like it, it was it, it wasn't a good taste in my mouth moving on to the semis, especially knowing that like, oh, he walked to the semifinals like that. He only needed to win two matches and now it's guaranteed all American like he doesn't it doesn't matter for him anymore. No, like I, I wanted to wrestle that kid so bad and like I've. I mean, the utmost respect for him to wrestle to that point in the tournament. But, I mean, I, I don't care if I win or lose. I just want to go out there and wrestle. Like, that's that's just my mindset with it. So, obviously, we talked about your composure and whatnot earlier. But I wonder, is there a moment, like, behind the scenes in the – dark embers of some hallway that all that bottle up energy sometimes comes out as kind of just as a human like <laughs> yeah I mean dude it, I, I'd lie if I said no like I, I definitely I, everyone has that breaking point I like when they bottle stuff up and especially with like the like just the scenarios I had going on with just like stuff that I, I just just the scenario I had going on it was like I, everyone's bound to kind of release their emotions but I always realized that and I it's just been ever since I was a little kid like in high school like it's about not it like you don't want to let your emotions burst on the mat like if that means going back into some dark dark hallway okay let's pray to god that my internet does not do that to the mat like if that means that you're gonna go back in the hallway and like have to scream your head off so that way you're on the mat like fully composed that go for it like i i've had times where i've sat down and i was like i'm about to scream <laughs> and then like I'm just gonna I'm gonna let that ride out and then I just get myself recomposed and then that way I'm able to go out on the mat with like no weight on my shoulders. So is that how I'm wondering because you've won I mean short of a national championship you've won everything under the sun pretty much. So is that is that how is that how you kind of is that how you kind of apply your perspective to kind of those like materialistic things and I know you want to obviously goes without saying you want to become Bucknell's first national champion, but is that sort of like a given or do you and your coaches and teammates talk about that all the time? I mean, it's, I, I like to base my goals and this kind of revolves back to like the controllables versus uncontrollables and like, 
when I, when I say that first and foremost, I mean like a controllable, it would be like attitude. Like I have a hundred percent like say in what my attitude's like, like injuries, that's an uncontrollable. Like I'm not able to control what he does. I may happen to like, let's say my knee knock on wood, but it's being able to control those things to the fullest and realizing that that's all I can do. And so my goal, like, yes, it's to be a national champ. And that's kind of like an aspiration of mine more so. But my true goal lies like every day. And that's honestly to be a better version of myself today than I was yesterday. Like I, I live by a motto by like one of my, it's a, it's an older bodybuilder, like not an older bodybuilder, but he died pretty much early. But one of his, one of his quotes that really stuck with me all throughout high school was it's from Greg Plitt was sacrificing today for tomorrow's betterment, like being able to take today and uh, do do actions today that are going to serve as a stepping stool for tomorrow. And like little by little, just like bettering yourself every single day, you're going to be able to get to that point to where like you'll win in the IWA championship. And then like to you, it will be like, I, I don't know. I, I was honestly more I was more enthusiastic about my roommate Miller qualifying for nationals. Like my, my true goal lies within like only things that I can fully control. And if I, if I get that goal and I succeeded achieving that goal every single day, I know I'm doing everything I can in my power. And that's, that's really back to the whole process thing. Like understanding that the process is so much more important than the results. Like, Though if you solely stick to the process and like put everything you got into making sure you're doing the right things, like the results are gonna follow. But at the same time, the results won't mean anything to you. So on a deeper philosophical level, then I guess materialism in a way, you view that far lower than I guess a lot of other people that I've had on the show now. Yeah, I mean, like I have like I have trophies, I have medals, but those just serve as like a like a memory, like a reminder of that tournament that I had and like the struggles that I had like leading up to that tournament. Like those are things that are gonna stick with me forever. But it's not like I go into a tournament like thinking I wanna win this. Like the only thing I gotta do is win this because I that's setting yourself up for failure. Like that there could be something that happens that takes you out of the tournament and therefore that tournament's going to sit with you sour. So I, I always try to give myself the best opportunity by just going into the tournament fully prepared and realizing that like everything that I've been doing is right. And it, I guess it is like on a deeper philosophical, like philosophical level, just like going in with, sort of like a mindset of like I've done everything I can and like God can only take me from here like I'm, I'm gonna give it everything I got and like if that means I go to and out and I go to and out I just know what to work on next time and I'm gonna come back stronger but I'm always gonna be progressing like the mo the moment that I start regressing and start like allowing myself to lose like a single leg allowing myself to lose a uh, like
happens. Like, that's the day where I start, like, I should just pack up my shoes because that's not a progressive mindset. So, oh, here we go. I, I literally feel like a kangaroo jumping around all these topics. And I swear no one sees my show notes because they're just a disaster. No one knows what they say except for me. Um, but I guess when you first get to, because ah, I, unless you can correct me if I'm wrong, unless you've always had this going into college, like when you first get into a college room, did you have like a moment of like, oh, here we are, like it, it, like it's happening. You oh know? yeah, I mean, my first ever match was a try meet against VMI and at two other schools. I for I forget what other schools they were, but we had a we had three matches that day. And my first match I had it was like probably the middle of the first period, and I was just like walking back to the center, and I was like, oh shit, this is D one. What? what what <laughs> like like it, it wasn't like the practice room it was the like competition that really hit me with that like the realization of like that's like that difference between high school and d1 and it, it it was a bit of an adjustment but the i mean my mom really helped me out with this just with like teaching me this every from like ever since i was a little kid was just the value of time management like if you are able to manage your time and compartmentalize that into like specific things you can get a lot more done with your time and be more efficient with that and I mean the realization that I was going to D1 and like college and everything like that mixed with that mindset that she really helped me develop that that helped out a lot just with like making that transition smoother because it, it definitely is a transition between high school and college. Like I was talking to uh, one of the incomings yesterday actually. And uh, I was telling him that it's kind of analogous that high school wrestling is like the checkers version of, and like that's checkers and uh, D1, especially like, like especially D1 college like wrestling is uh that's that's chess like there's you gotta think like three four five steps <clears throat> you gotta think like three four five steps ahead as opposed to just uh i'm gonna do this let him do this okay what am i gonna do next like you gotta set up things like you gotta you gotta start playing a little bit of that mental warfare to like maybe maybe i'll put my leg out here so that way he feels like he can get it but he's not realizing he's opening a complete new angle for me like it's little things like that that really started like becoming more prevalent in college wrestling like I started learning that a lot earlier than most I feel and that really helped me propel the way I did my freshman year but it's I mean time management is crucial for that transition and yeah, I mean, I definitely had that realization that, like, the earlier, the better I feel for that. Like, that means that first duel of the season, if you have an option to be in or out of that, you better be in. Because once you get that realization of, like, I got my first collegiate match out the way, then from that point, you know what to look for. Like, you know what to work on as opposed to sitting on the bench and just watching it go like in front of your eyes thinking that you know what's going on like 
it's getting that realization piece is crucial. So then can you sense when someone's like playing mind games at this point, you're so ingrained into these things that you're just like, I, I think I know what's going on before, before it even happens. Like, so one of the things I like to do with mind games is just like, it, it honestly is like how it's not about how many points you can score. It's about, when can you break that guy mentally? Because once you break a guy mentally, you can score 10 points in a matter of 30 seconds after that. But it's up until that point that it's a dogfight. And, I mean, one one of the ways that I like going about that is, like, I'll basically, like, let the guy – not let the guy shoot in on me, but, like, when a guy shoots in on me, I'm kind of happy about it because I feel comfortable there. But – it's like let him get so close to finishing and then just just before he's about to finish, it's like I throw a wrench into his system and I bring him back down to the mat and he's like fully sprawled out. Like he's on his belly. That's That breaks a man so fast in college wrestling that if you can do that two, three, four, five times in a row, your chances of basically beating the guy skyrockets. Like you do if you're able to do if you're able to do those mind games like that and be able to actually break that guy mentally, he's physically gonna break right after that. And that's when you can start opening the match wide up. Lose the battle, win the war, right? Yeah. I mean so, the battles, you gotta you gotta value the battles. Like, I mean, the war in general, you obviously want to win the war, but Sometimes with the battles, you just got to, like, you got to give some, then you got to take some. Like, you just – as long as you're constantly looking to just break that guy's morale throughout the match, you'll be fine. Like, it's got to take a strong mindset to do that because you're going to put yourself in those positions where sometimes you're going to be the one that ends up breaking mentally, but you don't want to get to that point. So that's when having the strong mindset is crucial for wrestling. Like it's 90% mental warfare, I think, and then 10% physical. Like it's, it's simple in my opinion to get physically ready for a match, but it's mentally, that's where the challenges lie. That's where a lot of the kids start struggling and like they'll go into matches with low morale. like they'll go in with low confidence. Like that's, that's the 90%. That's the meat of what makes a national champ a national champ is just how he holds his head. Like, where is Chin's position? Like, if his chin's pointed to the floor and he's just staring down, he's going to fall. But if he's if his chin's high and he's holding himself up with, like, confidence, he's going to be perfectly fine. That's a hard man to break. By the way, speaking of the young guys, you know, you're talking about all the nice things you do for them, giving them advice. I mean, it can't be all, it can't be all, you know, advice. Can you play any fun and games with the younger guys now that you're. Oh yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the most, one of the most important things I teach them is there's a balance. Like it's, it's like, if you're a hundred percent thinking about wrestling, you're going to, you're going to burn out. If you're 100% thinking just solely about school, you're going to burn out. Like, at, like I learned that the hard way with just trying to find that balance 
but then once you find that balance it's like okay like i can have the best of both worlds like maybe i won't be able to go out to a party every night but like i'm able to hang out with friends like maybe like if they're drinking i don't have to drink i can drink water like I, i'm teaching the young guys that you can still do the fun things that everyone does you're just gonna have to sacrifice a little bit it, it's kind of like a gray area like a spectrum like it's not just an on and off switch like a national champ just just doesn't sit in his room and like look over moves 24 7. it's being able to find that balance earlier than later allows you to like direct yourself the right way to become that you know what i mean like it's kind of like it's not like a work hard play hard mindset like i feel like that's a little bit like skewed but it's definitely like i can have fun while still being on the right path like it's not just head down to the grindstone and just grind 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 like i can have fun like i'll like i play with them all the time like it's like it's hard to i guess play isn't the right word but it's like I do fun things that kind of it's their realization of like, Oh, Zach Hartman's doing this. And like, he's doing that out there. You know what I mean? It's like, you can have fun. Like you can definitely have fun. It's just being able to find that balance between like compartmentalizing that social life with the academic, with the athletic, like whenever I'm in practice, I'm solely invested in practice. But whenever I'm playing like Call of Duty, like I'm solely invested in Call of Duty. You know what I mean? Like I'm not thinking about wrestling there. Like I'm 100% invested in that. It's like same with the books. Like whenever I'm studying for an exam, I'm solely invested in that. But allowing myself to kind of have that balance between that and realizing that it's okay not to think about wrestling 100% of the time that that really helps out and teaching these guys at a young age like I'm not gonna like watch over their necks and make sure they're doing everything correct because I just don't believe in that kind of mindset but like showing them that you can have fun as long as you don't screw up and you're still putting in all your effort into everything you do you'll be fine I mean I feel like if you don't do that you will bust right and oh, although the media, and that's that's the funny thing is like all of us, like whenever somebody loses, that's not supposed to lose or whatever. We like to look at, you know, he wasn't as sharp tactically or something. When I feel like many many times, almost all the time, really, it's one of those things where like something's going on behind the scenes where they're just not, just not up to par. I mean, it's that that that's the whole reason there's a match like it's to see who comes out on top it's not like like you have all these bracket pickers or I don't even know what you like bracket predictors I should say Mm -hmm. that it's like oh the eight seed is definitely gonna lose to the two seed it's like you don't know that like that's why there's a match (laughs) like they're they're gonna go at it you don't know until the match is over like it's like making up reasons why someone lost is bs in my opinion like it's you have to accept that loss and move on with it 
Okay, I have a little confession. I just glanced over at the clock for the first time in this 40 minutes, and holy crap. Okay, oh, I'll let you go. I already, I already broke my promise, so I feel a little bad. <laughs> uh, but I guess I always throw this question in towards the end because I always get interesting answers out of this one. You are, if, I, if, I, if my notes serve me correctly, you're training to become a orthopedic surgeon, no? Yes. Yes. So that's what you just got into. So what do you take anything? Have you taken anything from the academic side of things specifically to your major that have kind of opened up new things for you either in wrestling or outside of wrestling? Biophysics. Learning how the body moves, learning how to manipulate joints, how to just just how the body functions really helped me to open up like a new style of wrestling for me like the the way i like to really explain it to people is it's really understanding that like if i had a, if i had a person standing right and my goal was to make him basically collapse down to the floor i can do it multiple ways but let's take two let's do two examples one I could push on the top of his head and try pushing him down. That's going to take a lot of force, right? Or I can walk behind him and pop his knees. Like, like it's not like, not in a dirty way. Like I'm not trying to be dirty with that, but like it's understanding that if I like pull his knees forward like this and his knee does this, it's he'll collapse so much easier than if I just try to force him down. And so it kind of revolves around like, uh, it's not about out muscling the guy. It's about outsmarting the guy. And that that's actually a lesson I taught yesterday, the incoming freshman, uh, Decedas. Like it's about being able to outsmart the guy and to maneuver his body in a way that he's not going to expect. And that's going to, get the same results as if you were going to try out muscling him, just like trying to get the same result. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you think coaches will start implementing kind of those things within? Like, is that something that you brought to the team? And before that, that was never, because I've actually never it's, heard anybody say that. It, it's like a, yeah, it's something that I started learning that it was more intuitive than, anything just with like wrestling like different people different styles and like understanding like one uh like i think i forget who did it i forget who did it on me but it was like a realization of like wait he didn't even blast through me with that shot he just collapsed my knee forward and my leg got stuck and then ever since then i believe it was actually coastal valley that i was wrestling with when i realized that that I was like, you know what? I'm going to start playing around with like these different like motions. Like if you think I'm going to push you backwards, I'm not only going to try moving you forward. I'm going to move you like in an angle like this way. And that's going to throw your whole equilibrium off. And then next thing you know, it's like I'm grabbing your wrist and not pulling straight down. I'm pulling at it like a weird angle. So that way it's like you're, you're not used to that. You know what I mean? Like so I try to implement that whole like breaking a guy mentally with that, with like 
I, I try combining the two to just like that. That's just how I feel like I'm able to dominate. Like it's like hitting him with something unexpected to the point where he's just like, I just give up. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, it doesn't even have to be like I score on him every single time. It's just like, it, it will get to the point because I've definitely gotten to the point where I was wrestling Coach Valley and he was doing so much of this stuff to me that I was just like, I, I'm, I give up. I like, what, what can I do? <laughs> like, he, he's just, he's just toying with me at this point. And I started learning from my mistakes from that and translating it into this new style that I've been trying. Like, well, not new style I've been trying, but like I've been, I've, I've been working on it for a while, you know? Can you imagine sabermetrically 20 years down the line? It's like, push this guy at a 30 degree angle. He'll fall over that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. No, seriously. I th- I think about it like that, man. Like I was, uh, like I was watching a Bozzygar, um, not Bozzygar, uh, I was walking. I was watching. Uh, I believe it was Beat the Streets. Yanni versus Badgerang, and I saw Badgerang hit this like Yanni had his arm posted, and Badgerang came over top and under, and like cupped his elbow and like pulled him down, and basically pulled Yanni's shoulder like almost out. And I was like, wait, I've never seen that. And I started playing with that, and it was like. I started developing like that motion of like, okay, I I know I can snap a guy down with this. I know if I turn this way and I instead pull like pull towards me and I pull like around this way, it's like I know how he's gonna react, and so that way I'm able to gauge my attacks off of that. And it's it's a bunch of playing around. It's a bunch of trial and error and just trying to understand how the body's gonna react to certain like forces. And that really opens up a lot of opportunities for takedowns. I literally said 10 minutes ago, we we're going to speed it up. And here we <laughs> are. All right, we'll finish, we'll finish on one fun one, because that's what I always like to do. Now, you grew up, like, right outside Pittsburgh now? Yes. So unless you want to talk about the Pirates and their <laughs> sad state, how, how on a scale of one to ten, how big are your how big is your Steelers fandom? I mean, based on last season, I didn't. I was really pumped whenever they were like eleven and zero, but then when Juju and Claypool started talking and like started flaunting a lot and going on TikTok, I was like, you know me, I'm not a man that. Like, if I would win, if I would win national champion, like if I would be a national champion, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not doing a backflip. Like, it, it's like that same mentality. Like, I just feel like they like quit talking and just do more walking. Like, let your let your season talk for you. And like, if you, if you want to talk, talk after the season. That's fine. But like, you know how you know how bad you just jinx yourself losing in a wild card game like <laughs> like come on like that, that's it, it was just me shaking my head like I would be like oh sick the Steelers are doing really well like we're gonna go into the playoffs and do fine like we're gonna do good but and then they started running their mouths and I was like mm, I got a bad feeling about this and then next thing you know it's like out <laughs> all right 
And then we, we, we won't even get to what happened to the Pirates today, but okay. <laughs> Did you see that yet? No, I didn't. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll give you the 20 second rundown and I'll let you go. So they had it, they had it, the Cubs, they were playing the Cubs and they had a guy on second and there's two gone. So literally the third, the ball gets hit to third and then he throws it across the diamond, but the throw pulls the first baseman off the bag. So, you know, when the first baseman like and the runner get into each other and all they have to do is tap. Wait, 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 wait. I think I saw this on Instagram. Did he end up, did someone end up running in and the dude that had the ball ended up getting the second? Yeah, but I was I was surprised you hadn't seen that. That's uh No, I saw I saw that. I just didn't put two and two together that that was the Bucks and Cubs, dude. <laughs> like Oh boy. No way. Yeah. Uh, of course I mean, if you if you ask me what team would end up like doing that, <laughs> I would have told you the Pirates. Like like I I love Pittsburgh. It's just the Pirates, man. It, I don't know. <laughs> All right, next, next time there's a general manager opening job, you're going to put your name in there, all right? And we'll turn this thing around, okay? All right. Well, you spent way too much time with me. I'm too crazy to keep you on any longer. So take it easy. Have a great season. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, I'll send you the file, and I suspect you won't want to, like, cut anything out or anything but if you you know if you're mulling on it an hour later and like ooh, shouldn't have said that you just let me know and uh oh, no you're in the best light possible yeah no you're i mean dude it's i mean that's the run like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and nitpick it like you know what take this out keep this in like just just keep it all out for the people like that's yeah. that's my mind that's my mind basically just dumped out onto a sheet right there so you've been absolutely marvelous take it easy zach hey, i appreciate it daniel all right i'll let you know when all the stuff is good i do edit like an old grandpa i'm just warning you so i promise i'm not forgetting <laughs> oh no you're perfect man you're fine it might be a day or two before i get around to it <laughs> oh you're perfect man all right uh, you, you take it easy take it easy take care I tried with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Mental Takedown. My many thanks to Zach for being so candid and answering all of my questions. Nothing off the table. There'll probably be a blog post to go along with this coming out in the next few days because, like I said from the very beginning, this was indeed one of my favorites. Let me know what you thought. Leave a like if you did enjoy it. Enjoy it. And leave a comment. Let me know what you thought if you enjoyed it as much as I did. Follow the Instagram, follow the Twitter, all that good jazz that every podcaster says at the end of the episode. And until next time, this is Daniel signing off. Hope we see you again soon. Feel away, feel away.